This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, my goodness, goal! My goodness, foul! Far post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection, and a goal! Goes to Mitchell! bit as happens as we last talked about Swindon Town FC and here to discuss is Dan. Hello Dan. Evening Mitch. Hello everyone. Oh let's take a moment to salute all the Swindon Town mums listening on this Mother's Day weekend. It must be really annoying being a Swindon Town fan and you have this day that's well let's be honest everyone treats it as a weekend nowadays and there's no football. Annoying. Uh, yeah, I mean, the football that was on offer, England, Switzerland, it's just never going to cut the mustard, oh, yeah. is it? But uh, yeah, echoing your sentiments, Rich, um, happy Mother's Day to all of the Swin and Town mums. And in fact, all the mums around the world, they all do a grand job, but especially my wife and especially my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well done. Okay. Uh, what did you do this weekend? How did you fill the gaps? Well, we had um, football for the nipper Saturday morning. Um, I've built a barbecue, which, um, you know, very caveman, man like fire. Um, what else we done? Um, done the rounds, seen a bit of family, and um, yeah, cooked up a storm in the garden this afternoon. Called it a Mother's Day treat. So uh, a few of my friends have pointed out uh, I've managed to turn Mother's Day into um, buying myself a barbecue, which is a massive present for myself. But uh, there we go. But no, uh, my uh, my good lady wife um, seemed to like the presents from the boys, so uh, job done. 
ticking the box. You are just give, give, give. All, all give. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about Swindon Town related stuff. We'll start generally with League Two. We don't mm-hmm. usually talk about other teams' results on this podcast. We except used to back pod. in the day, but except for Ben Wills's new podcast, of course. Pod, yeah. But now we are at the, in the running. So we didn't play this weekend. Neither did Champions Elect. Forest Green Rovers, because we were scheduled to play them. But the results that matter elsewhere, Bradford City nil, Ben Wills's Newport County nil, <laughs> Carlisle United one, Bristol Rovers nil, Colchester United one, Tramier Rovers nil, Exeter City two, Stevenage one, Northampton Town two, Hartlepool United nil, Oldham Athletic one, Mansfield Town two, another late, late, late winner for the opposition for John Sheridan, Port Vale two. Sutton United nil, and I'm going to include them because they've got two games in hand. Salford City two, Walsall one. So I am very much, Dan, in the camp of we just got to get our heads down and worry about Swindon Town's results, which is very presser Ben Garner-esque. <laughs> I believe that's the way to go. But in terms of results, not too bad at all. We dropped down to ninth with a game in hand over four of the sides above had Swindon beaten FGR this weekend then we would be fourth just two points behind automatics so cool it's tight up there isn't it oh very tight very tight you're right um uh you know what else is there to do you know you're going to inevitably follow the uh the promotion rivals results and I, I think if you'd offered me this weekend I would have taken it um the teams that won, Exeter, North Hans, uh, Mansfield, you think those three are gunning more from the top three than the top seven. So probably if you had to choose teams to win with a gun against your head, you probably would have gone for them. Newport drawing's handy. Goes to show you know what a good win it was up at Bradford for ourselves. Tranmere, like us, tripped up at Colchester. Um, Sutton... Seem to be running out of a little bit of gas. Got big, um, big cup finals come next week, um, and I was very pleased to see Bristol Rovers losing, where uh, Harry McCurdy conquered up at Carlisle uh, a month ago. Um, yeah, saved them. Yeah, saved, well, them. saved the season. Yeah, definitely got rid of uh, Keith Millen um, and uh, brought in club legend Simpson. Whereas another club legend has now lost six on the trot. At uh, Boundary Park. I still think they'll stay up. Well, they might. You never know. You never know. Funnier things will happen. But yeah, yeah that would have been a quite a handy point from our uh, perspective if they'd have held on against uh, Mansfield. So mixed emotions on that front. But Oldham, we tried to tell you so. Yeah. I mean, I can't help but be a little bit happy that it's going tits up for John. But I do feel for Oldham, I've got to say. But they're certainly not out of it. It's so, no, so no, close no. down there. And Stevenage just can't seem to get a win to create any sort of gap. Um, I see Luke Norris notched, but they came up short at Exeter, which is no disgrace. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting end to the season down there. Yeah, I know Exeter are perennial chokers, but I think this might be their season alongside Forest Green Rovers for Automatic. That third place, I'm just not going to call that yet. To no. be honest, that, that could go one of six ways. So, mm-hmm. um, John Sheridan, yeah, the, I mean, what he did early on is pretty much keeping them in the game. The lovey-dovey content on Sheridan has ended <laughs> yes. um, from those those early weeks when he returned and then 
the turnaround looked like it was going to happen. Yeah, but... At least he's doing the post-match press. That's something. Um. So yeah. So there we go. We we now wait a few more days. Well, a few more days, just under a week until the next one. And I'm really looking forward to this running. I'm, oh, I'm not nervous yes. at all. I'm just looking forward to it. Really am. Yeah. I think um the other thing to mention is obviously Mansfield play again on Tuesday night. Um, and who are they playing? Oh, I can't think off the top of my head now. Um. Anyway, they're playing. So it's a chance for them to. Hartlepool away, there you go. Um, not easy, not easy. Um, so a chance for them to hop further forward. You've also got, um, well, Wellens vanquished uh, Phil Brown at the weekend, and he now has a chance on Tuesday to vanquish John Sheridan, possibly to the seventh Oldham defeat on the trot. So quite interesting, um, Swindon Town ex-manager, like Mortal Kombat going on around the leagues. Cooper gone, <laughs> Brown in, Wellens beats Brown, and now Wellens got a chance to down Sheridan in the final. There's a sort of master and apprentice thing here as well, because yeah, yeah. Wellens was working for Sheridan in the build-up to him taking the Swindon job, wasn't he? He was scouting yeah, for yeah. Oldham, I think. And then Oldham stuffed us on his <laughs> his first game in the dugout, <laughs> didn't they? So, oh, yes, interesting. So, I mean, it means nothing to us in terms of our season. That's a dead rubber for... Uh, for the uh, top half of the table. Yeah. But interesting all the same. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting all the same. Just so need Ducanio to come back, manage um, someone halfway cool. up League 2, just for the just for the full, full round. That's a lovely. Yeah. How does this fan base react if Ducanio is managing someone else in this division after like 10 <laughs> years of nothing but love from most people, not everyone? Um, but imagine the angst of welcoming him back. I think Wellens coming back is going to be... a. Uh, a conflict Ooh. to some, but but yeah, it's going to be yeah, Decanio just rocking up at Harrogate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he wouldn't like the old plastic pitch there, would he? But uh, it would go. be Bradford, wouldn't it? It would be well, Bradford. It would go but, to. Yeah, it needs to be someone with budget. Yeah, it would be yeah. Bradford. It would be Bradford. Right, there you go. There's League <laughs> Two sorted out. Um, let's move on. A lot of the stuff you know, might not mean a lot to you, but it's all Swindon related. But we are going to move to internationals. A little roundup. They're not over yet. But um, let's see if any of them got injured. The, the answer to that quickly is no, not yet. So zero minutes for Johnny Williams as Wales edge ever closer to the World Cup, uh, having beat Austria 2-1 in Cardiff. Republic of Ireland under-21s don't play until the 29th. So we'll see if Jake O'Brien gets out of that unscathed. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? And finally, Jojo Wallacott played the whole 90 minutes for Ghana as they drew 0-0 against their Big old rivals, Nigeria. Jojo, Jojo, wow. Football fans, we're all the same, aren't we? Because mm-hmm. like, we, we love Jojo, but if you read Ghana football social media, well, I would say that those who love Jojo are proper, proper defensive of him, but they are overshadowed by a very loud negativity towards him. And it's, it's interesting. And I really do think it's born out of the fact that he's a League Two footballer as opposed to his ability. I was just about I to they... say, I think there's some football snobbery going on, even in uh, African football Twitter. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, some some of them talk about him commanding his box and stuff like that. And that, you know, that's fair enough if they've seen that and that's their worry. Then I think, I think Ghanaian football is, is seems to be in such a um, awkward phase. It's not their glory era right now. And they're in a transition period. And I guess what they're used to a certain standard and you get a fourth tier English based player come over. It might dent the, uh, the ego, ego so much. I don't know how I'd, I think, 
the England equivalent is when lower league Premier League sides or lower division Premier League sides kick in. Um, yeah, they're like I think that's our equivalent, which is I guess sounds a bit snobby, doesn't it? But if the days of Steve Ball being uh, called Steve. up from the uh, third second tier are long gone. Yeah, feels it. Um, well, I suppose you know Jordan Pickford plays for the third or fourth worst team in the Premier yeah. League. He's still in England regularly, isn't he? Um, but yeah, I, I'm really pleased for Jojo to keep the clean sheet. I saw his first half save, which was um, probably fits into the smart category. It's just great to see a Sunday goalkeeper playing in that stature of a game. You know, the second leg in Nigeria, if Jojo keeps another clean sheet, then, um, you know, he really will have earned his money, I think. I think Ghana will do well to go through. Um, and let's hope he does. That would be lovely to have a Sunday town player at the World Cup in Qatar in uh November, December. So, fingers crossed for you, Jojo. And let's hope you start spelling your name right. Yeah, and sign that contract if there is one, Jojo. <laughs> so we can say, well, Lewis Ward will be happy in November, December yeah. time later in the year if Jojo signs and goes to the World Cup. I think Nigeria will probably squeeze past. But... Yeah, I think the smart money's on um, the Super Eagles rather than the Black Stars. Yeah, okay. Well, let's move on to yet more Swindon Town related stuff. New deal. Harrison Minton, huge congratulations to him. He has signed his first pro contract and Dan you've watched a fair bit of under 18s football over the last few Mm -hmm. years I think you know all sort of jokiness aside George Calmeadow was expected to be the next one through through the noise through the match reports from the under 18s and obviously there's always a few others that come through and I still think Calmeadow will will get a pro deal but Minton for me really did take that debut, that opportunity for his debut well. And then he played in the next Papa John's Trophy game and he's been around the side ever since. He's he's had a he's just had the perfect last season of his under eighteens career, hasn't he? Yeah, and not many scholars have this, you know, smooth path really. So obviously um you go back to that Newport Papa John's game, Sundon were in the midst of a bit of a you know, defensive injury crisis. And to see Minton and Callum Winchcombe, who also played very well that night, chucked in the deep end. And I know Callum Winchcombe's just moved from being on loan at Highworth alongside Levi Francis. He's now probably going and filling Harrison Minton's spot at Chippenham on loan now. So a great opportunity for him too. But yeah, I mean, Minton and, and Winchcombe really grabbed their opportunity that night against Newport. Swindon won 1-0, kept a clean sheet. Uh, he went on to start the next Papa John's game as well against Colchester, which, you know, was a bit more bumpy. Um, you know, much more experienced Colchester side. But what's happened afterwards with the the Chippenham loan spell, going out and playing a good standard of men's football, um, as we've seen with Scott Twine in the past, Harry Parsons recently, you know, that is quite a good finish in school uh, for League Two where, you know, all right, the pitches are better in League Two and people try and play a bit more football, but it's still a bruising physical league. So I think that's um, that's going to be a fruitful relationship for Swindon Town coming up. But what what I've seen of Minton, uh, going back you know, a couple of years now in the, the FA Youth Cup stuff under lights at the county ground, um, great facial hair. Um, I've said that many times. That, you know, that counts for a lot. Um, he's captain material. And I think he, he has captained the under-18s this year in his uh, second year as a scholar. Uh, and I really like, you know, there was a brilliant interview with his dad um, in the build-up to that Newport 
debut um and his dad just sounded absolutely proud as punch you know minton had been in the academy since he was eight or nine his dad's a swindon fan they've watched swindon together growing up and now here's minton playing for swindon and this is you know really heartening for a football fan and it doesn't come around as often as you'd like so yeah absolutely good luck to him he's now going to get you know the remainder of this season solely training with the first team in and around the squad Come back, do a big pre-season, hopefully, and um, probably take Matthew Baldry's kind of spot in the side if we're in League Two again next year. I mean, even if we're up in League One, you know, he's probably going to be the fourth or fifth centre-half in a bigger squad. And, um, yeah, it's up to you, Harrison, to uh, prove your case. And uh, if not, then there's probably going to be another loan spell calling, hopefully at a level higher than Conference South. And, um Go from there, but he's certainly got a lot going for him. Cultured, good size, wants the ball. He's, um, yeah, makings of a modern centre-half. Absolutely does. As you mentioned there, elsewhere, Cannon Winchcombe and Levi Francis are the latest to link up with Chippenham Town, uh, both on work experience loans, both close to the end of their under-18 careers, just like Harrison Minton was. Donny Gordon had been at Highworth Town. I think he still is. Levi Francis, as you say, was with him also. Swindon Town have made a point over the last season to talk about how important the youth are, bringing them in. Mm-hmm. They you know, put their money where their mouths were by, sheerly, by the sheer amount of players that they played in the Papa John's Trophy when other managers previously, previously suggested it wasn't really possible. Are we expecting more like the George Calmeadow S player, are we expecting Winchcombe and Francis to possibly get deals? What would you expect? I think they're probably, you know, I've got a hunch, um, you know, they might dish out four or five contracts to the second year scholars this year. I think there's real movement, real feeling around the club that actually they want to promote youth um, and really signal that we're a club that's serious about um, our academy. Even if one or two of them, you know, in in an ordinary year, might not have been taken on. But, you know, I think, as you've seen, Minton's got a contract. I think they're quite serious about Levi Francis in central midfield, uh, Callum Winchcombe, a fellow centre-half. And then you've got George Calmeadow, who I, I thought, you know, did quite well at Plymouth in the Papa Johns. Donny Gordon uh, looked very energetic, uh, coming on at right wing back uh, against Colchester in the Papa Johns too. So, yeah, certainly a few there who... Um, you know, given time and coaching, you know, are going to have a much bigger chance than um, some of the young players of years uh, of recent past. You know, I, I think there were some talented players knocking around. You know, Massimo Giamatti um, always seemed to get a good talk up. Anthony Cheshire was kept on. But, you know, there was no, there was no pathway. There was no route for these guys to actually play and develop at Swindon and there was no efforts from the powers that be to actually get them out on loan and help them develop if it wasn't going to be at Swindon so it's really refreshing to see um, Chorley um, Garner taking this you know really seriously and the other thing to say is whilst we're trying to get a lot of these second year scholars out on loan and playing men's football or in and around the first team actually that means you're 17 and 16 year olds are going to be filling up into that under 18s team um and i think that's what we're seeing at the minute there's a there's a under 18s account on instagram now which is giving some nice 
uh, rationale recently from Lee Peacock about how they're trying to use those 17 and 16 year olds uh, in the under 18s, which might mean we get a few paste ins. And I think they got beat by Leighton Orient 6 0 two or three weeks ago. But please don't read too much into that, folks. You know, that, that was probably, you know, a very 18 year old Leighton Orient side going up a, against the mixed 16s and 17s Swindon Town youth side. So the experience they're going to get from that playing against a you know, a higher calibre, higher age group of player, that that's going to help next year's batch. That's going to help the, the year's batch after that. So, people like Anton Dorzak, Fox, who are I think, uh, Harvey, yeah, Harvey Fox, that is um, first year scholars. You know, hopefully, this time next year we'll be talking about them in the same terms as we're speaking about Cal Meadow and Minton now. So, yeah, it's nice to see it taken really seriously. That's the thing. If you're uh, if you're young and you just want to see that there is a route, there's a pathway, there's a manager that takes it seriously, you know, I suspect what you might see next year if we do take on five or six, it's actually more development friendly, it's more of an under twenty threes kind of feel with a game every couple of weeks on a Wednesday afternoon at Supermarine or Mountsham, something like that, and um, actually have a sphere for our fringe players to get fit and our young players to play alongside some more senior players and actually. You know, develop without having to go out on loan. Like you say, it's all about that pathway. I mean, we know Luke Haynes, for example, was was good enough, um, but he had a big obstacle in front of him. Don't need me to spell out what that <laughs> obstacle was, but it was enough for him to need to move on, which is an absolute tragedy. And, you know, it's one of those things. But it, it, those days seem firmly done. Yes, and it's probably, you know, three or four years too late for your Jordan Youngs. Uh, who I know you and I were talking offline about earlier, Rich, and your Tom Smiths, etc. who, you know, I'm not saying they were going to tear up League One and, and end up in the Championship, but the point is they never got the chance to develop at that professional level, which hopefully the better players of the Swindon Town batch now will get that opportunity and the coaching. That's the key thing. There's a real focus on coaching. There's a real focus on strength and conditioning, which is going to give these young lads the best possible opportunity to flourish and um, long may it continue. Absolutely. Right. We'll move on. Um, to many, this news is top of the pod sort of stuff, but we just don't know the ins and outs really. And that's in relation to one Harry McCurdy and an alleged and not confirmed, but <laughs> largely rumoured injury, which depending on who you listen to could be a season ender it could be that he might be back for the last couple of the games of the season. It might be that he's not injured at all, but a lot of noise about this. What do we know? Yeah, I think it would be a very bold play if uh, Sundon were <laughs> gaining injury just to Fox, Fox our rivals. But no, uh, sadly, enough people who seem to be mildly in the know seem to have um, ratified that. McCurdy does seem to be injured and it could be you know, four or five weeks, um, hopefully getting back before the end of the season. I've heard calf, which um, at the very least would be a, a fresh injury rather than a recurrence of his recent ankle injuries. Is that a blessing in disguise? I don't know. Um, but yeah, a real blow, um, especially for it to happen what I presume is in training and not a match. Um, you know, this two-week period of um, of no game before the Rochdale fixture, you know, looked like a good opportunity to recharge the batteries, do some really good focus training, and um, come back 
come back fresh for the running. But, you know, injuries happen. You can't control it. McCurdy has been largely fit and firing for the whole season. This is why you have squads. This is why nothing is a given in football. You know, um, injuries happen. Sometimes your best player, you know, suspensions happen. You know, also missing Reedy at the minute. Um, but yeah, I suppose what it does do is um, put the focus a bit more on those players that are currently out injured. Because if you can get Barry back, if you can get Gladwin back in the mix, then you've got some more forward-minded uh, forward-minded uh, sort of attacking midfielders come wingers uh, there. And it would also free up uh, Williams and Payne to play in the front three if Gladwin returned too. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big test to the squad. You know, it could be a brilliant opportunity for Parsons or Mitchell Lawson. Um, yeah, remains to be seen. Let's let's hope, you know, this could be the making of, of a Parsons. We'll find out. We certainly will. And it's pretty hard to guess what Ghana does now because it really does depend on who's coming back from injuries elsewhere yeah. with your Louis Barrys and your Ben Gladwins. Um, so it's very much a wait and see and also just keep faith with who is available. You can still have a midfield free of East and the low Aguiar and then that gives you a front free of Williams, Payne, Davidson. You know, that's, you know, that's, there's plenty there to win games. Someone, someone's got to step up. Absolutely. Yeah. But a lot of rhetoric in the initial wave of that rumour was, well, that's season over. Well, it's certainly not season over, is it? Come on. The only reason we found out Aguiar is up to standard is because of injuries. The only reason we found out Arandolo is now f- flourishing in left central midfield, again, was through necessity. That This is why you have squads. This is why seasons are so brilliant to follow. Um, all of these variables, um, which defy the bookies odds, you know, and, um, you know, act as levellers. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, you know, so much depends on when you come up against sides, you know, I mean, for example, Rochdale, I think are on a stinker of a run. So if you were picking a fixture, and again, famous last words, I'm going to touch some wood now, but be <laughs> going away to, you know, a fairly nice ground, you know, 3,000 on the gate. A team that's on a horror run. I think they're playing Tuesday again, Rochdale. So they're going to have had plenty of games in the legs next to Swindon. Um, but yeah, point stands. It's up to us. It's in our hands. If we win five out of eight, I think we're probably in the playoffs. Go on. Away from the team now, away from the squad, away from the season, we move now to Karachi. Hey, hey. We're, <laughs> we're in Karachi. Cricket country. Cricket country and a football one too. Yeah, and we're we're mining for the next Mohammed Salah, who's not from Pakistan, but we'll, we'll take it and leave it at that. So I want to stress really before I crack on that generally, you know, I'm all for this developing football elsewhere in the name of Swindon Town is is a great thing, but I'm, I guess I'm a little bit cynical, and I don't think maybe cynical is the right word. I think I still want a little bit more information regarding the vision and motivation behind this. And some people listening straight away will be going, well, we said what they're trying to do. But what we're getting really are sketchy, poorly scribed updates that focus on gratitude to the commissioner of Karachi and outlining a bit of the football. And other than referencing the hope that Swindon find the next Mo Salah, it's not really that much. And I mean, I've done a little bit of reading, so I'm not going into this blind, this comment, but 
I don't if, even if we got like a 28 year old Harry Kane of Pakistan we wouldn't get a visa and looking at the legibility for under 21s we wouldn't get a visa so if we did find unearth an absolute diamond of a footballer I don't see where Swindon will benefit from this other than taking credit for it so it's it's a really odd one for me but I think any concerns, if they are concerns that I have or questions I have for what benefit this is, is this is really to Swindon Town, will just alleviate over time when we we see it in a little bit more clearer depth. I, I've got to be. I was a huge fan of the latest update from the vice chairman. He tried to end the message five times, which is <laughs> remarkable. So he started without your support, we have nothing. Then. The journey has just begun. Then hold on to your hats and enjoy the ride. <laughs> and then the good times for our magical club are coming. And then he ends with C-O-Y-R, which is very Michael Scott for those who uh, who watch The American Office. It just it just doesn't know how to end that statement, but he does get there in the end. So, And I'll tease him for that. I've got no problem. If that gets me a ban from the club, then so be it, because it's very, very funny. From the absolute surface level, Developing football elsewhere, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So, I th- I think, I mean, me and you have ch- have chatted about this, and you know, the LS Pod WhatsApp group. You know, we've we've discussed this at length too. I, I think I'm coming at it from a slightly less cynical lens than yourself, and that's not to say you're being completely dismissive. I don't think you are. I think Swindon Town fans naturally are quite suspicious and, and, you know, we'll try and find a motive that sometimes isn't there. Um, and, and part of the reason for that is, you know, this Karachi link up has just come from so far left field. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, if you'd said, right, Swindon are going to announce a link up major city um, in an ex Commonwealth country, you know, to try and develop youngsters. Yeah. You probably would have rattled through 25, 30 countries before you got to Pakistan. Because it's just not a footballing hub, is it? Um, but that's not to say, you know, we might not find some very talented 14, 15, 16-year-olds because that's what I think this is more aimed towards. I don't think it's about, you know, getting an 18, 19-year-old from a, a Pakistani league. I don't think it's about unearthing no. 28-year-old um, Pakistani Harry Kane. I think this is about partnership. I think it's about reputation internationally and putting the word of Swindon Town out there. I mean, one thing to consider is obviously, you know, I play local cricket in Swindon and Wiltshire, and, you know, there is a strong Pakistani um, diaspora. There's also large populations of Indians, Bangladeshis, um, Nepalese people in Swindon. So, you know, there's also a little bit of that at play, I suppose, is actually harking back to the sort of mixed culture of Swindon. but yeah, I suppose if you took me back four or six weeks when some of this stuff was first getting talked about, you know, probably the cynical part of me was thinking, you know, we're not going to hear about this again. You know, it's going to be a bit like that. What was that uh, media app which got announced one day? Re- Recast, was it? Recast, yeah. And, uh, and it got, that, you know, got the big plug. And, you know, if you play this video, you get credits and you can use your credits to watch Louis Reed walking around in a black shirt. You know, and... In true fashion, a bit like fans, I never gets mentioned again. I'm not sure anyone still uses it, etc., etc. So, 
probably cynical me was thinking, you know, won't hear about this again. But I am actually really pleased to see, you know, young coach and Alex Pike. I don't know Alex, but uh, I'm assuming he is a local lad. Um, and, and what a life opportunity for him to go out to Karachi, mm. experience a different culture, learn uh, different new coaching techniques and pass on some of that um, Swindon Town knowledge. Um, I mean, if I was in my early 20s and again, assuming he's a young single bloke, but brilliant opportunity, you know, um, just to get out there and, and feel that passion. Because one thing I can tell you, having got a, a couple of Pakistani friends uh, who I've played cricket with and against, they are sports mad. They are passionate times 10, you know. And that really does come across. They're fiery, passionate people in terms of sports. So um, perhaps there is an untapped market there, but we'll see. You know. So I mean, if if we if we're talking about if we're talking about like um, getting our name about, so that essentially is doing what the elite do, and that's do soccer mm-hmm. skills, soccer schools, I should say, internationally, where they go all over the world. They've got no real interest in bringing them over to England, but you know they give them the Liverpool training, they give them the ethos, they become maybe Liverpool fans, they buy the merch or what have you. But I guess my cynicism really is, is there any need for Swindon to do that now? Because I'm not quite sure there is. Um, if it's cheap, it's cheap. You know? I think commercially you're right because, you know, ask yourself the question, how does this turn into income for Swindon? Yeah, exactly. I don't think it does. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not going to have people paying, you know, the equivalent of £5 um, for, you know, iFollow streaming, right? Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to get their hands on kit unless they're paying some hefty postage packaging. So, yeah, the, it's probably quite minute in terms of commercial value but who knows this this might just be a, a tentative first step into this kind of world of opportunity the one thing i would like answered um you know who are karachi fc because <laughs> googling no present that you know karachi fc isn't a thing what i think it probably is is the city of karachi and this commissioner has been quite influential i think and again i've seen i've seen articles with michael owen as a bit of a front man, there's a there's like a new Karachi sort of mega sports village being built. Um, you pay someone a couple of quid, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I I don't think Karachi FC exists. I would like to see that answered satisfactorily by by the club because um, there are a couple of Karachi clubs, and there's like a franchise kind of Pakistani soccer league, and um, there's an older, is it Karachi United? Anyway you know you can find those clubs on google whereas karachi fc really only exists in the swindon town articles talking about it so yeah i mean that that would be nice to be answered um but yeah i mean let's see where it goes the point i made earlier you know it's probably cheap you know you're talking about flights for a coach to go out you might be looking at some flights coming in there might be some talented 14 or 15 year olds from karachi who do a two-week trial with swindon town and you know what Good luck. You might enough a gem. You probably won't. But let's give it a go. Let's be open to it. Let's give it a go. We've had a decade of being really cynical about everything, and that was tiring in its own way. So, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's see. Let's see where it goes. Well, if you think after the last decade or so, I'm going to let my guard down. <laughs> I'm quite wrong, but I'm I'm willing. Absolutely, like I said, surface 
they are... Yeah, this doesn't feel existential threat. This is exactly. um, probably low cost. Um, you know, with that, you might unearth the one in a million. You don't know. But if you don't try, you won't know, will you? Here's hoping it all works out for all parties. Right, we move on to season tickets. It's that time of year. Hashtag your house, our home. Dan, what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, something I would have messaged my landlord 10 years ago whilst living in a house share. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like a lot of things. It probably won't get used again. Um, it doesn't seem to have caught fire. But uh, why, why not just call it our house? Yeah, whatever, yeah. Your club, whatever. But anyway, that, that's not important. The uh, the meat is on the bones is very much about the uh, the prices. So... Perhaps um, we'll flip it on its head. What, 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 what are your thoughts? What were your sort of headline thoughts upon uh, upon seeing them? I suppose people will be ready for me to flap wildly and whinge, um, given my stance on the Manchester City side of things. Well, you're talking to the guy that recorded a three minute video, so. Uh... <laughs> From my side of things, as somebody who will be buying a season ticket, as somebody who who got a half season ticket, courtesy of Ryanair. Um, and a refund in early December last year. Fantastic stuff. Um, But I will be getting a season ticket next season. Um, As an individual, I'm not surprised with the increase, which I believe is £50, and I'm not flapping wildly or outraged about it. The one area that really does disappoint me is the increase on the family tickets, because, well, the increase... Essentially, what I'm talking about here is if you've got more than one under 18-year-old, then you're putting some serious money in aren't you and this community club thing that we drive we've always driven community club free tickets for schools yet the people willing to put their money down are having to pay more which is a bit of a shame to give you my first impressions i think these look like reasonable third tier prices is Mm -hmm. that a fair comment you think i think so yeah i think if you had your sunderland's ipswiches uh charlton's you know popping down to the county ground um i i think i think that's fair for tier prices they feel a bit high for me for league two so naturally i'm a little bit disappointed um yeah i'll be shelling out a little bit more for me and litlan uh, i note the the under 11s tickets you know are still very good value at you know 40 pounds for 23 games for my for my little lad i would like some clarity of you know does that still include the junior robbins yes, membership indeed. a bit like the thirty pound I paid for him this year did include the junior Robin stuff. Um, so yeah, if, if we could have that answered, that would be um, that'd be a good clarifier. You know, I'm new to the season ticket purchasing game, so I think that's why maybe I'm not as sort of disappointed with the individual increase for adults because I look around and they're about the same or a little bit more depending on what level. And I do totally agree that League Two that's gonna that's gonna we're gonna feel that when we sit down. And, you know, watch whoever comes up, you know, Boreham Wood come to town and you think, oh, blimey, um, could have been Sunderland or Portsmouth or Oxford, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, but we'll see. That's that season tickets. That's the gamble, isn't it? And that's why so many people sort of enjoyed getting their priority for Man City this year because they yeah. took that gamble. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you're never going to please everyone, as we've oh, discovered um, many times. Yeah, I suppose thinking of the political situation in the uk is it a shrewd move when we are 
you know, I was going to say we're about to go into, but it feels like we're in a cost of living crisis. Albeit the only caveat to that is, I suppose, you know, the cost of commodities for Swindon Town FC is also going up. So, you know, electricity for the floodlights, heating for the buildings, fertiliser for the pitch, um, all going up. So, yeah, a slight rise is perhaps to be anticipated, like you said, Rich. It's a bit of a conundrum. Um, I've got jotted down here, you know, about the, the under-18s rises feeling slightly in poor taste. You know, I'm not co- totally offended. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite tally up with the, you know, trying to build a, a community club. And, you know, we've seen attendances rise so well this season. So I suppose if I went all mystic down on you, um, what what are we on season tickets wise at the minute? It's between four and a half, five thousand, right? With the half season tickets, and that was a motive. That was uh, the emotions were running high when those season tickets were being purchased. A lot of people did that on impulse on yeah, the celebration absolutely. of that summer too. People were back in the club, um, and that was great yeah. to see. So I suppose if I was doing my mystic Dan, I suspect you might get a s- ever so slight rise, but remain fairly static around 5k. Whereas perhaps if you'd left the prices where they are, might have seen um, another three or 400 on top of that. But what do I know? I'm just, um, I'm just putting a finger in the air, really. Um, one thing I will say um, on the subject of season tickets and the football club, I uh, attended the, the trust AGM on Wednesday evening, which was a, Mm. A nice evening in the Legends Lounge. Um, nice to see uh, six new Trust STFC board members voting on to the board. Um, a couple of long-serving members uh, giving their farewells. Uh, Cliff Ponting being one who'd been uh, on the Trust for some 12 years. So well done, Cliff, wow. on uh, your service. He got a nice uh, sort of commemorative uh, photo frame and got a good rap from uh, Steve Martin and Rob. Um yeah, so some new blood at the trust, which I think is going to be good. Uh, good for you know peacetime trust. It's good to get some some new voices in there, some new energy. Um, there's there's some uh, some old, I say old boys, but old in terms of time served. Who um, <laughs> you know, I think I think Mister Mighton is uh, desperate to get this uh, ground purchase and some of the redevelopment over the line. And then you know we referenced a couple of times, you know, just wanting to go to footy with his little in. And just enjoy it as a fan rather than uh, worrying with his trust hats on. But anyway, where was I going with this? Um, trust AGM, Rob Angus, Q&A. Um, he said that all who waived refunds uh, last summer will find their name on a, a plaque that's going to be uh, commissioned and produced. And uh, it's going to be displayed somewhere at the county ground, which is um, quite a nice touch. Um, and I don't know where I stand on a sort of GDPR basis here. but. Uh, Rob <laughs> told the audience that there is uh, a season ticket holder by the name of our previous owner. I won't name that owner, but you can work it out. Um, so our previous owner's name will be on the plaque, which is <laughs> a funny, a funny twist. <laughs> Got a few laughs. I, I would, I would be calling that Swindon Town fan and politely asking for maybe. A change of name, <laughs> a nickname by any chance? Do you, do you have a nickname that we could? Because that, wow, it needs if, a middle name, doesn't it? Yes, it, it needs. <laughs> well, it needs a it needs a new surname. It needs the whole. 
I'd imagine if somebody wasn't in the loop on that and they're looking through the names and they see they see a name on there and they're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. What? No. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. But that's brilliant. I mean, the, the, the county grounds redevelopment stuff, the purchase, it's as far as we've ever been it. We are now at the payment stage, essentially, aren't we? We're just waiting. Yeah, yeah. Like- so approved at Cabinet. Approved at scrutiny committee. There's now, owing to something the trust managed to put in place on the county ground uh, some years ago now, we got the county ground uh, a rating um, ACV, asset of community value, which um, at the time, our driver for doing that, I say our, I'm no longer part of the trust board, but at the time I was, uh, our driver for getting the ACV status was to try and protect um, the county ground from being bought solely by... um, our previous owner, who won't be named. Um, so basically, as part of the ACV, once a bid is accepted on the county ground, any relevant community groups have a period of six weeks to sort of make a counter offer. Um, but anyway, that won't be needed. But it, it will mean there's a bit of a pause six weeks uh, before the actual transaction could take place. Um, and on that front, there was um, some interesting stuff from from Rob uh, during the Q&A. So um, in a perfect world, so long as all the legal gump can be sorted between uh, the joint venture company, which consists of the club and the trust uh, and the Nigel Leedy uh, trustees who are managing the Nigel Leedy estate. He's been, um, oh, he passed some 10 years ago now. Unbelievable. That is, yeah, absolutely crazy. But for those that don't know, there's a, there's a pot of about, two or three million pounds left um, in that Nigelidi fund. Uh, the way it was written in his will, it had to be used for uh, something connected to Swindon Town Football Club or football in Swindon. Um, and so what a perfect legacy uh, for Nigelidi. He was a massive Swindon fan, left that money in trust for, uh, to be used for the club. If, if that could be used to fund the, uh, the 2.3 million uh, purchase from the council, um, you know, what a legacy for uh, for Nigel Eady and his family and friends. But if the legal gump can't quite be ironed out, then I think uh, Clem Morfuni is going to underwrite underwrite that amount. So the transactions will still go ahead, um, and then we can get on to the to the good stuff. Thinking about redevelopment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Eady stuff is broadly supportive it's a backup isn't it the more foony yeah the writing side of thing i mean the 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 vibe is good between swindon town football club and the ed trust from everything that you can see compared to three years ago exactly absolutely Um, other thing i must say rich um and again i am still a trust member even if i'm not a trust board member so um during the q a rob rob said uh and steve mighton too um by virtue of being a trust member, so so long as you are a paying member of the Swindon Town Supporters Trust, you know whether you're paying your one pound a month in, five pound a month in, or ten, twenty-five, whatever. Um, when the transaction is complete, anyone who is a trust member will become an owner of uh, part of that fifty percent owned by the fans. So if ever there was a, a driver for people to uh, think about joining the trust. Um, here's a free bit of advertising for them. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, get, get in touch with the trust and um, good time to join the trust and become 
become an owner of that 50% half of, of the fans. That'd be great. Big time. Yeah. And then we can start getting excited about statues and, and museums and stuff like that. Absolutely. So uh, again, um, the trust presented um, as part of the AGM, their vision for, uh, so starting off with a, a statue of uh, Don Rogers is their desire coming in at a cool uh, £52,000. It seems to be uh, that's what these things kind of cost. If you want them Mm -hmm, done well and you uh, want to do them done properly, the the trust have got uh, a surplus of money, thanks Lee Power, um, who, you know, by excommunicating the trust and bad-mouthing us in court, you know, we we gained about 1,000 members in two weeks. And, of course, all of those members are paying in. And so I think the trust are bringing in six to seven thousand pounds a month and so we've got this surplus of money and the trust is about 105k or thereabouts and um they're proposing to use uh 52k of that to uh commission and build a, a don rogers statue to be placed somewhere uh in the grounds of the the county ground so post the agm they sent out an email asking members to vote on that um i i replied in the uh, in the positive um i hope Many others will too, and um, that can become a become a real thing. Um, after that, they'd like to do one of uh, John Trollope, and um, you know, further years down the line, with more support liaison, um, think about other ways of commemorating some of our brilliant history. You know, do you do something with Lou Macari? Do you see something like that Swindon side that got 100 and, 102 points? Was it? And obviously, Swindon side that got to the Premier League. Um, Etc. Etc. The possibilities are endless, and and once you own the ground, and once you've redeveloped the ground, you know that is yours then to do with what you want, and and that's the beauty. Purchasing the county ground unlocks that um, potential. Yeah, it's all it's so exciting. It's so weird. It's surreal. Even just yeah, uh, something's got to go wrong, right? Thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. And you're not you're not going to please everyone. You know, it yeah. looks like maybe the, the the floodlights will go. They've got to go yeah. at some point. They're very very old, Dan. You know, I love those floodlights. They're symbolic. They're everything. But we we got to move on. Really, at some point, maybe even the Rolex clock might be just a museum piece. Stop it, Rich. By the <laughs> Talking of museums, um, and sorry, I, I know I, I'm doing some free advertising for the Trust AGM here. Dick Matic and Mike Welsh. So you'll know Dick Matic's name. He's a Swindon Town FC historian. Uh, he was at the Trust AGM. And Mike Welsh, who is the president of the Trust or vice something or other. Apologies, Mike. Apologies to Trust. Um, I've probably got his title wrong there. But um, they both spoke uh, during the Q&A very passionately about, you know, wanting to capture Swindon's history for generations to come and the, the possibility of a museum being a really good way of doing that. And if you're going to do a massive redeveloped town end with various business units, hotel, conference centres, etc., let's make a museum and let's, um, let's capture all of our, our wonderful history. And, you know, I, I know you've made the point, Rich, on, on Twitter recently, you know, it's not just 1969. Swindon's got a brilliant, varied... You know, fantastic history in places and, you know, a few slumps in between, which make the good times worth it. I am all for museum. It just needs to make sure that they are involving 
lots of voices in that. Absolutely, it, it needs to be. It needs to be plural. It needs to be Swindon Town rich. It can't just be exactly right. It can't just be one person's vision for that. Because also, like statues and museums have been on the cards with Swindon with the trust involved for decades, pretty much. Yeah, and some of that sentiment sort of is also not dated, but it needs evolving. So if you're going to do a museum, you need more than, you know, the De Bonnet shield in a cabinet. You need to be interactive. You need to involve, you need to engage people that aren't going to care. There are people, believe it or not, in Swindon Town's fan base that don't care about 69. They don't care about 1969 anymore. You know, they never did because it's so detached from what they know. So it's about, capturing the imaginations of people knowing where this club has come from and what they've achieved and what they've also struggled with because you quite rightly point out those slumps need to be remembered too those scandals need to be remembered too it shouldn't be you know and this is just in a vision i'm not criticizing anyone here but this is what we need to do you know we need to make sure that the whole story is said within a very small space, I imagine. So yeah, it'll yeah. be really, really I, I can't wait. And I'll go in there every single match day, probably, and do a lap when yeah, the time and, comes. You know, when people use the word history, it doesn't mean ancient history. You know, no, you know, history can be, you know, some parking 20 years ago, um, you know, league cup runs in 94, five and uh, being denied permission to the premier league in 1990. Yeah. All things that make, the Swindon Town support and experience as unique as it is, you know, that sort of mix of misery and false starts and playoff hangovers, etc. which, um, you know, I know we're all so, so desperately fond of, but uh, oh. yeah. And like, if, if you're redeveloping the stadium, it's also a good chance in a, in a museum to capture, you know, the essence of what went before. And you know, I would love to have stood on the Shriven and Rome stand, uh, Shriven and Road stand with my dad. Um, the Intel stand came along just as I uh, started watching in 1994. But when you see old footage like that, you know, it'd be great. Let's have like a Shriven and Road simulator <laughs> where you see footage of a goal going in and then the whole floor shakes. Like I was at, the, oh, yes. I was at the Science Museum in London <laughs> about a month ago and there was an earthquake simulator. So uh, yeah, let's have one of them for when the Shriven and Road goes nuts. I mean, we're, we're, we're closing in on an hour of recording and we're talking about museums. So um, I, I'm wondering whether we should move on and close the pod. But remember, everybody, hashtag your pod, our podcast, right? So we can talk about what... <laughs> What we want, it's whether people choose to listen is another thing. Let's, let's end the pod on an absolutely incredible note, and that is the Swindon Town fan base, the travelling fans. What? what an effort. Incredible stuff. So just really wanted to just highlight this for those who maybe aren't local, not keeping an eye on it, I don't know, but 605 sold for Rochdale, sold out for Harrogate, sold out for Walsall, 2,000 plus going on the last day of the season with no guarantees of promotion parties. And it's just Swindon Town fans getting their last hit before the summer. And why not an incredible effort from Swindon Town supporters? Yeah, it's something I've always said, actually. And you know, when I went away to university in 2007 to down to Plymouth and you meet other people who support other teams. And, you know, one thing I was always able to proudly say with Swindon is actually our away fans proportionate to our home efforts have always been an away fan base that punch above our weight um and that does count for a lot in football fandom you know it's that badge of honor you know we would have taken more um 
no one beats Leeds on that on that front, obviously. I don't want Leeds Twitter coming after us. Imagine if they did. <laughs> Six weeks ahead of the Warsaw game to have already sold out those 2,000, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, another 1,000 or so tickets can uh, can follow. And that can be a real Swindon invasion in uh, West Midlands. Um, the Rochdale number two is quite stark, really. Um, what have we got? Six days at time of recording until the Rochdale away game. And um, here we are already on 600. You can stick another two or three hundred on that this week, hopefully. And um, is it any wonder we got such a good away record, really? When um, backed by sixty those... quid to get to Birmingham from Bristol by train, though, absolute robbery. Well, this sounds like a Top Gear challenge, Rich. You have got to try and buy a car, fill it with petrol, and get to Birmingham for less than sixty quid. Yeah, Mrs. P is saying, "Is there no Swindon fans based in Bristol?" But I don't know. I like the train. Of course there are. You've, that, this is a cry for help, Rich. Anyone wants to take Rich to... Um... Oh, the last four years have been, has been a cry for help, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> let's leave it at that. Um, never expected this to be as long as it was, but here we are. Lovely yeah, chat, Thank Rich. you very much. Thank you very much. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.